0: Hey everybody, this is Rob from the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods and DC Primetime. And I'm here to tell you something that you should definitely be doing if you haven't done so already. And that is heading over to www.nextlevelradioonline.com. There's a ton of other great podcasts on the network if you haven't checked them out already. Such as From Panels to Pixels, Two Fat Dudes, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, uh, an upcoming Lost Revisited podcast. Uh, In addition to our flagship show, The Showcast Spotlight, which is about to probably get ready to kick off its brand new season of celebrity interviews. Great shows like The Melting Pat, Primetime Fantasy Football, and Con Talk. So whatever your interest is, there's definitely something for you at Next Level Radio Online. Make sure to check them out, like them, review them, share. Thank you guys so much for all of your years of support. Now, back to the show.
1: following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, Primers, and welcome to this issue 106 of the DC Primetime Podcast here on the Next Level Podcast Network. Uh, From the Showcast Spotlight, also here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And Rob from the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods is on a vacation. He... I believe at the time you are listening to this, he will have just returned from Paris with his wife, in which, kind of jealous that he's taken a vacation and not jealous that he went to France. So uh, there's that. But uh, I am joined this week. I do indeed have a co-host. You know him from the Bats, Books, and Boas podcast, and of course from the brand new uh, what lurks behind podcast zero here on the Next Level Podcast Network? Welcome, my host for this week, Mister Paul Williams.
0: Good evening, boils and ghouls.
1: <laughs> What's up, buddy? Not too much. I'm fresh off of, uh, <clears> or <throat> pretty fresh off of doing your podcast with you earlier this week. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh
0: the episode on a quiet place,
1: which was uh, a lot of fun to talk about. And I know, mm-hmm. right after we got done talking about it, we were saying whether or not the sh- the movie. Mm, deserved not deserved but, but merits
0: should it have a sequel
1: merits a sequel and then what a day later yeah. they announced that they're doing a sequel which um i'm kind of disappointed in we
0: both we both said it didn't need a sequel leave it as is yeah
1: and, and not and,
0: even 24 hours later it was like sequel coming i'm like
1: no <laughs> they 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 listened to the podcast they probably knew, they knew how much it would bum us out
0: well, it, it, if anyone listened to that episode, there is a clip I put on there of John Krasinski and Emily Blunt talking about whether or not there should be a sequel. And John Krasinski was in favor. Emily Blunt was against. Apparently, they listened to the writer.
1: Yeah, well, you know. Well, no. Oh, well. It, no, oh yeah, because he's the writer. That's right. And he yeah. was the one that was for it. So yeah. I'm with we're with Emily Blunt. There shouldn't be a sequel.
0: Exactly. But
1: what do we know? You know?
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: <clears throat> I don't know. Um. So, of course, we have three shows to talk about this week, that being Supergirl, The Flash, and Arrow with Legends of Tomorrow and Black Lightning, both having wrapped for the season. But uh, there's a big elephant out there right now. I know it's not DC-related, but we're all comic book fans at heart. Oh, God, Infinity War came out this past weekend, and I've already seen it twice. Paul, I know you've already seen it twice. It's a tad Uh, we might as well look (laughs) it's a (laughs) 10 we're we're, let's spend maybe two or three minutes on this we're gonna keep it spoiler free i know we spoil the shows but for those of you that have had not have that have not had the chance to go out and see it we don't want to ruin it for you because it is still opening weekend it's way too soon to spoil anything on this movie but again I, i bought tickets to friday night show. I couldn't wait until Friday to see it. So I happened to get tickets to Thursday. Couldn't have. Oh, God, it's a 10. It's it's like you said, the movie's a 10.
0: I saw it. Thir- okay, so I worked um, Thursday night. No, wait. Yeah, Thursday night to Friday morning, I worked. I got home, didn't even go to bed, went and saw the earliest showing uh, like here in my hometown, uh, which was 1150 in the morning. We left the theater. I looked at my buddy. He said, "Well, I'm going with my wife tonight." I said, "I'm going with you." I went twice in the same day. <laughs> I've never done that for any movie ever. Never. This was the first film I saw twice in the same day, and both times was just like, "Wow!" It's yeah. It was I mean, it was heavenly.
1: It's. It- I know there was a lot of people that were going to be wondering if they were going to be able to pull it off because of the number of characters that are in this, mm-hmm. just the scope of the characters that are in this. Not just the heroes, but you know, there's the villains are not just made up of Thanos. There, are, there's the no. children of Thanos as well. Yes. So, you know, when you try and put all these characters together into one film, man, it, this being a ten year journey, they knew what they were doing when they put this movie together. Oh yeah. Everybody has time to shine. Everybody gets their badass moments. And I mean even I I again, I'm not spoiling anything, but even Groot gets a moment in this movie that is yep. just like that's badass. And it's 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 one of those things that I again, you know, I saw it Thursday night and it was one of the most incredible theater experiences I ever I ever had. People cheered people God, same, jeered at certain moments yep. people jeered at certain moments there was even one moment of the film i'm not going to say what it is where there was and it made people laugh not the moment but what happened there's a moment that happens in this movie that there was a woman in the theater who immediately after the moment happened you could hear her audible nope nope i gotta go i gotta go i'm done i gotta walk <laughs> out and she did she got up and walked out of the theater oh, for a good oh. five minutes before she finally came back in Anyway, okay, well, i didn't have that experience <laughs> i'll tell you what it was when we're done recording but okay. you should probably figure out the moment uh, I'm, yeah i'm pretty sure but uh, but, yeah. but it was like i've never experienced moments like that in a theater where the Mm -hmm. audience was together with that and then you you put it all together with the fact that it only took 10 years before fans finally realized you don't leave the movie until the credits are over Mm -hmm. like i can't tell you i've attended every one of these marvel movies in theaters and every one of them until this weekend there were people getting up and leaving the moment the movie oh yeah
0: oh yeah It's happened for every – I've seen probably of all the Marvel films, and there's, what, 19 of them now? I've probably seen 17 of them in the theater. There was only two I probably didn't. And that was actually, I think, the first two Iron Mans because I wasn't on the Marvel boat yet. And then my one buddy was like, you have to start watching these movies, and I got hooked from that point on. Um, But, yeah, there's always been at least half the theater getting up and leaving. And this is the first time where I I think the first time I saw it, we had
1: one person leave. And the second time, no one. Yeah, I don't think uh, both times I went, I don't think anybody left. Yeah, we had one person the first time.
0: And I was like, you're an idiot. Get out of here.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Now, I mean, I could see after this weekend people getting up and leaving because chances are they've probably already seen the movie they saw the after credit scene they know what it is they don't really need to sit and watch it again
0: did you see the article just posted today about how much it's made worldwide so far
1: uh over 600 and some odd million dollars yeah which is crazy it's already i think the second largest domestic release yes with 250 mil i think
0: I yeah, two fifty or two forty, it's one or the other. I know it's in that it's in that ballpark though, and yeah, it's the second largest domestic, largest worldwide.
1: Yeah, and it's it's crazy, it's absolute Mm -hmm. bonkers. And the only thing I can say as a podcaster doing this DC podcast um, is, thank God we talk about the shows because if we focused more on the movies, I don't really know what we could talk about after infinity war yeah because uh, dc who like i mean that's really seriously what i Hub. think what i think about this they've yeah. even and i didn't put this in the news but they even the director of suicide squad came out and said uh that marvel killed it yeah i mean so i really don't know what else you can, uh, you can say as, about
0: as a As a fan of the DC movies, and I actually do like them, I know there's a lot of mixed emotions about those films. But I I, I personally don't mind them. I like them for what they are. But that said, after I saw um, Infinity War for the first time, I walked out of there and I said, well, DC's got a F load of a job ahead of them.
1: DC will never catch
0: up. They're, n- no, they're no, they're not going to because they're not planning like Marvel is. You all watching this film? I swear, Marvel must have planned this ten years ago when they started with and, Iron Man.
1: And that's exactly the thing. I over the course of the past week and a half, I've actually plowed through almost all of the Marvel movies i skipped um i skipped iron man 3 because it didn't really pertain it didn't have anything to do with the infinity war um i skipped ant-man because i knew ant-man wasn't going to be a part of infinity war at least not yet um you know so but i watched the important ones i watched iron man 1 and 2 i watched captain america civil war winter soldier you know i guardians Mm -hmm. of the galaxy 1 and 2 um i didn't have time to watch spider-man but i had And Ragnarok, but that's because I had just seen them more recently, so I I was okay. But when you go back and you watch all of these films, and you watch them back-to-back like I did, instead of like months apart to years apart, you realize you're absolutely right. This whole Infinity War plan, they knew 10 years ago this is where it was headed.
0: That's exactly how it felt watching this movie. I'm watching it thinking oh, you guys had this plan 10 years ago. Or, well, I'd, I'd probably go as far back as say 12 years because they probably spent two years making Iron Man. So 12 years ago, let's say that's when the initial plan started. They were already aiming for this.
1: Now, I mean, I don't want to say, and I don't want to spend too much more time on this because we we got shows to talk about. but right. um, And this is a DC podcast after all. But mm-hmm. um, now I could say maybe it wasn't 10 years ago. I could say, you know what, at the end of Iron Man when you see – Uh, Nick Fury show up they Mm -hmm. knew when Iron Man came out they were leading to Avengers and then when plans started to come together for Avengers that was when the background talk started happening of okay after Avengers happens where do we go next and then that's where well let's bring in Ultron because Ultron is a big story for the Avengers we've we've assembled this crew let's put them up against one of their biggest adversaries which is Ultron So after Ultron comes up and, you know, you've passed Avengers and now you're leading into Ultron, you've started the road down to Ultron. But at that point, where do we go? We know this is going to be successful. Where do we go after Ultron? Well, let's figure out a way to do Civil War because Civil War is another huge storyline. After Civil War, where do we go from here? Well, there's only one place left to go. And that's we have to bring in Thanos, and we have to do Infinity War, and so I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say maybe Infinity War was on the horizon ten years ago. I'd go maybe five.
0: The only reason why I say that is because of the Tesseract's involvement in the first Avengers film. The Tesseract is.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. The Infinity it was the first Infinity Stone. It was the
0: first Infinity Stone, but and it wasn't. It like... But it
1: wasn't revealed at that time that it was an Infinity Stone, and actually, there are two. Because Loki's staff was also an Infinity Stone,
0: right? Right. Well, I thought that the stone came out of the staff, and then that's when we got the cube. Or were they were they separate? I can't no, they were separate. Loki. I haven't watched it recently, so Loki. I
1: don't know. No, because remember, the Mind Stone was what was in Loki's staff. They okay. used that to power Ultron afterwards. After okay. after. Um, they re- they recover... See, I just watched all these movies, so... Yeah, just no, dead. no,
0: no, I'm going with what you're saying because I know you watched more of them than I did. I yeah. watched all the Cap films, that was it.
1: The the opening of Avengers Age of Ultron is them getting Loki's staff from Hydra. Okay. So And then that's the stone inside of Loki's staff is what they use to power Ultron. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah, but I, there were two Infinity Stones in the first Avengers film, but they weren't yet really revealed to be infinity stones until age of ultron that's true yes but you're right they could have had the plan in the works from the first avengers Mm -hmm. so all right on to dc yeah we could talk about this for another hour but right we're not not going easily so i'm just putting it out there right now i'm not even going to mention i'll probably mention it again at the end of the episode this week's recommendation i know it's not dc i don't care go see avengers age of uh, not age of ultron <laughs> infinity war go see Infinity it's all good. War. so i
0: was gonna say that's part of my recommendation as well although i have another one but yeah go see infinity war cool
1: all right let's jump into the shows let's do what we're here to do and that's yep. break down the episodes of this week starting off uh we have three episodes as i mentioned supergirl the flash and arrow we'll jump in first giving them our one of three point rating that being sidekick hero or uh, legend and then mm-hmm. we will jump backwards and we will do the breakdown so starting first with supergirl season three episode 15 uh paul what would you give this one sidekick hero or legend
0: i forgot to ask you this before we started recording an eight is considered a legend right an
1: eight is considered a legend yeah it's okay. if, if you go to the number scale one to three is sidekick four to seven is hero and eight to ten is legend
0: okay so it's a it's a legend it's an eight. Oh, cool I I was this is the show I was impressed with the most this week. So, Um,
1: yeah, I give it a high hero. That's um, okay. uh, No, you know what? Screw it. It's getting a legend because I'm looking at my notes for it and I'm thinking back to it. and I just watched it this morning, so it's still fresh Mm -hmm. in my head. I really don't have much. I I only have one really complaint, one complaint with the episode and it doesn't merit knocking it down from a legend status. So I'm going to give it a legend as well.
0: I wonder if your complaint is the same as mine. We'll see when we talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Because I have one thing that kind of was like, why'd you do that? But other than that, it's it's, it's a legend for me.
1: Okay. Uh, Next up, we have The Flash Season 4, Episode 19. Sidekick, hero, or legend?
0: Uh, I rate it between like a 7.5 to an 8. So I'm going to say high hero to like bordering legend. It was was a very decent episode, but there's a few things kind of irked me just a bit.
1: Okay. Uh I'm going legend on this one as well. It's a low end legend probably like an 8 to an 8.5, but I'm going legend on this one just because uh you know, I've how can you give an episode with uh Leonard Snart anything less? And,
0: He's, he was the highlight. He was definitely the highlight. And he was the
1: highlight, but there was a lot of emotion that came out of this episode as well. Yes. On, on yes. multiple, multiple platforms. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to talking about that as well. And, of course, we have Arrow Season 6, Episode 20, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend.
0: This is the low one, but I'm not going to beat it like I normally would, so I'll give it a hero. Because, um, I, as I told you before we started recording, I'm approaching this forgetting the episodes i hate and just focusing on just this episode which helped the rating a bit so it's a hero uh
1: yeah i i can't do that <laughs> because okay. those okay. episodes that i hate um just Still stick out they I know. stick um I know. they they reverberate throughout the, re- the rest of the season and unfortunately this episode struggled with that it's not a sidekick mm. but it's a low-end hero for me on this one okay
0: so yeah mine's about like mid it's 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 not a high hero that's for sure
1: all right let's jump backwards and talk about supergirl season 3 episode 15 in search of lost time supergirl must work with john to contain the chaos resulting from Marin's psychic disturbances at the deo monel teaches kyra fighting techniques he learned in the future for battling world killers uh imdb gave this one an 8.2 out of 10 so this is a legend territory from them as well Mm -hmm. uh but let's let's jump into things and you know, from the very start of this episode, we jump right back into the fray of the main story. We get right back into the reign and the world killers
0: storyline,
1: mm-hmm. in which we see Lena Luthor having, um, having Samantha kind of, kind of held prisoner, but kind of not, because it's it. We're kind of led to believe last week with the right with the very last scene that you know she's kind of taken she kind of does have her prisoner, but we learned throughout this that that's not the case at all. Well,
0: Samantha, Samantha wanted her help. And now seeing this episode, I, I'm really, I really am like firmly believing Lena actually had figured out she was rain a long time ago, like not a long, long time ago, but probably before the break, if you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so I think she knew that she had to have that setup where it's almost like that. Like it's like a, a cage with that, shield thing in front or whatever i don't know how to explain it better but um the way i look at it is is it's not so much she has her trapped i think she just knew you're gonna snap eventually you are going to become rain and i need to protect myself
1: well and that's I, how- it's not just she has to protect herself she has to protect everyone i mean exactly she, she has exactly. to keep her contained
0: mm-hmm
1: yeah, no, I agree with that completely. I think she's yeah. known for a while too, which makes me wonder what else does Lena know that we don't? I mean, is there mm-hmm. a possibility? Because I've mentioned this with Rob before that I think by the end of this season, um, Lena is going to know that Kara is Supergirl. And it makes me question that if she knew that Samantha was Rain, does she by chance already know that Kara is?
0: I, I'm i with you guys. I think I think she does. She's, she's not stupid by any means necessary, and she's very like she's very bright. She catches on to things. If she picked out that Samantha was Rain, I, I'm in agreement with you guys. I think she knows that Kara is Supergirl. The it, only thing I... Either, the,
1: is, either knows or is curious. Sus- suspicious of suspicious. it, yes. Yeah. Suspicious, yeah. That's the word I was thinking about.
0: The thing that... And... I guess the way you could kind of look at it is, is maybe she doesn't know only because I'm wondering why she wouldn't go to Kara about Samantha. Like, she's not really going to anybody. She's even keeping it from James. Like, she's saying, I have a secret and I need to keep the secret. It's like, you're trying to do this all by yourself. Like, is that wise? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It seems kind of suicidal to me.
1: Yeah, but I mean I'm I'm sure she has her reasons and I right. I've never been more sold on the fact that I don't think Lena is a typical Luther. I think we are seeing a a good Luther. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um and
0: I and I hope they stick with that. Never make her evil because I like her as the good Luther.
1: I do too, and I think it would be a very interesting dynamic if at any point in the show uh probably into next season or the season after if we do get introduced to Lex. Because I think, I I, I think, I mean, we've already met Superman. We've met a number, you know, Cyborg Superman, and a number of other people from Superman Lord. I don't think there's any, and we've already gotten mention of Lex. So I don't think there's any reason at this point why we couldn't get a short Lex Luthor storyline.
0: No, definitely, I'm in total agreement. And I don't know. We had, in terms of film versus TV, we have two Supermans, we have two Flashes. Is it really going to hurt to have two Lexes? No, not really. I, I say do it. Yeah, give us give us a little Lex story.
1: I will say one of my my other favorite things about this episode, and this is a deep, deep DC cut, but we got mention of Zook, which yes. uh, which I I thought was fantastic. I mean Zook. Um, you know was mentioned in in the episode multiple times actually um by marin by john dad.
0: when he played that little trick on uh john with <laughs> i i i'll I'll, play, I'll finish my game with zook where oh, is he he left, was, he was he right left.
1: here and and yeah when he played the the trick on john um but for those who aren't familiar zook is an actual character from dc lore and he is from the lore of Martian Manhunter he was actually a partner of mm-hmm. mar I don't wanna call him a pet because he really wasn't a pet. He was a partner no. of Martian Manhunter. So yes. I-, I love when these shows do deep cuts like that. And they seem to come more out of Supergirl than any other show.
0: I actually had to look it up because I made the mistake when they when they said Zook, what went through my head was Zeke from um The Wonder Twins. Okay. That's what I thought of at first. I was like, oh, that's sweet. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, I'm wrong. And I had to look it up. And that's when I realized it was the like you said, the quote unquote pet of Martian Manhunter. I was like, "Okay, no, I had it wrong. But that's or no, sorry, not Zeke. Gleek. Gleek. Okay, that's what I thought of. I realized I had the the wrong word. (laughs) It was Gleek I was thinking of. But yeah.
1: So, but which, I mean we we've, we've gotten mention I know of Rob flipped out when we got mention of Streaky mm-hmm, the supercat. Yes. Uh, and now we've gotten mention of and I think even one of the shows I can't remember which one it was. It might have been Supergirl at some point might have mentioned Crypto. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've had that reference already.
1: I think I think we have. So we've gotten Crypto, yeah. we've gotten Streaky and now we've gotten Zook, which is which is yep. really really cool. And I know one of the other things that we've learned in the beginning of this episode is that, as much as people, at least in the world of Supergirl, astrology is not BS. Yeah. When he mentions um, um, Mars being in, or Mercury being in retrograde. Yes. And and finding out that that's an actual thing. (laughs) And it actually does. as I said to you, it does affect people.
0: Yeah, as I said to you uh, prior to recording, my favorite scene uh, in the opening of the show, anyways, is when they're like getting ready to suit up and she's like undoing her shirt slowly and then she's like, What? I like this shirt. That part actually had me laughing. Um, and it's not often that I actually laugh out loud for these shows, but that part, well, except Flash. Flash has quite the humor most yeah. of the time, but, um, and Legends. Oh, Praise Legends
1: Be- had me laughing constantly. Praise Bebo. Anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, that, that scene actually had me chuckling pretty good this week. Because it's like normally, yeah, she just rips her shirts and she's like, no, I like this one. Yeah.
1: Uh, but I mean, outside of that, there were obviously a couple other big con- big, mm-hmm. big moments that happened throughout this. We got some serious juju coming from Marin, which caused a lot of hecticness happening uh, um, yes. uh, there. Um, we had... Uh some deep seated feelings obviously that Kara was having towards Monel. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> and one of the coolest things was seeing we kind of saw an evolution of Kara a little bit, at least a next step in her mm-hmm. becoming a hero, because we got her training with, with the, the cape. cape. Yeah. Which I thought was fantastic. So um, I'll leave it to you. There are three there's three things there that we can talk about. Which one do you want to dive into first?
0: For me, the 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 part that really stood out for me this week, and this is what threw this into legend territory, was the story between John and Marin.
1: I I agree with you completely.
0: That was not only were those scenes extremely impactful, but very relatable. Yes, that and happens in real life. Whether you're an alien, whether you're a human, that is something that is very real. The son becoming the father oh, and d- the the whole idea of, you know, when your parents are growing up and watching them deteriorate. And stu- this was hitting me because this is something that I've had to deal with within the last like six months or so. So watching this, it was like, sh- S H I T, you're they hit right in the fields.
1: Well, not ol- I, not only that, but and I don't mean to, to cut you off. But- no, 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 that's fine. The biggest moment for me was, I mean, you're absolutely right. This is a real-life thing that happens, and we're seeing Mm. it kind of on a different scale. We're seeing two Martians have to deal with it in their own way, but knowing that what happens here also happens to them, uh, just with more serious repercussions, obviously.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: But you hit the nail on the head when you you said part of it. When I heard the line, and you know what? I I didn't put a line of the week in this week, but— that would have been it now that i'm thinking about it when kara says my uncle had a saying the son becomes the father and the father the son yep. right out of the original superman movie with christopher reeve yep um dude like i i got chills when mm-hmm. i heard that yep. knowing where that is from
0: yep I, I exactly that was exactly what went through my head too I was like whoa you not only not only did you reference Jor-El as your uncle not only did you just use one of the most greatest lines but you used it right out of the Superman movie yeah and it was like whoa and you made it relate to this story like it wasn't just a throwaway line it was one of those that like you said like it just smacked you right in the face and you're like wow that was powerful <laughs> yeah exactly goosebumps uh, some people probably teared up or whatever i mean like i said it's very relatable for any of for any of us who have witnessed this or had to deal with something like this you're kicking us hard right in the gut like it, w- it was very very powerful and right away when that whole story was playing out i almost didn't want any of the rest of the story as much as it the rest of the story was important but like the bit w- between mon and supergirl kind of it I I don't want to say I felt like it could be done without because obviously it's part of the progression between those two characters. But I almost kind of wish it would have been left for another time because it was like the story you got going between John and his father is just so great. I I almost wanted just that to be the story this week,
1: which I think it could have been <clears throat> had they wanted it to. But again, right. they kind of had to jump back into the main story. So exactly. I, I exactly. understand. But <clears throat> This whole episode and everything that David Harewood and Carl Lumbee playing off of each other Mm -hmm. made me uh, so reminiscent of the conversation that we had with David Harewood a couple weeks back during the 100th. Mm -hmm. Because when we got to talking about Supergirl and even more in particular about David Harewood working with Carl Lumbee, working side by side with Carl Lumbee and how you could just hear through his conversation, he was kind of lighting up about having that interaction with him and getting to work with him on scenes like this.
0: Right.
1: Watching the scene of the two of them together towards the end of this episode made me think right back to that conversation. And when he said how much he loved working with Carl Lumby, like this is immediately I was it immediately clicked in my head. This is exactly what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. It's these emotional moments and these side-by-side moments that he enjoys. And it made me enjoy watching this. Even though it's emotional, it made me enjoy watching these scenes even more, knowing in the back of my head that they were enjoying doing these scenes together.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So,
1: yeah. And, you
0: know, and the other thing, that, like, when I was watching it, like, and seeing um, David Harewood's um, performance this episode – one thing I always do when I watch a show, I always try to, um, I mean, obviously I don't know what's going through their head, but I try to almost like, like I, I question it or wonder what area of their life they're channeling mm-hmm. when they're, when they're going through like these more emotional scenes. Cause I mean, he, his tears were real, his, his emotions were real. I was like, what, what part of his life is he tapping into at this moment that He's making me seriously believe like this is hitting him like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And it was just one of the best performances I think I've seen out of Supergirl this season. And there's been a few, but this one I think was my favorite.
1: And it's so funny because a lot of these strong emotional performances that we see come out of these shows – more often than not, come from the side characters. They come from, you know, David Mm -hmm. Harewood as John Jones. We've seen episodes of The Flash where it's Kavanaugh or it's, um, you know, um, um, oh, God, uh, Jesse Owens, you know, who's given us these emotional scenes. Flash is kind of an exception to that this week because a lot of those emotional scenes that we saw came out of Grant Gustin and were phenomenal. But we'll we'll talk about that when we get to The Flash. Right, right. But you're right. uh, But, you know, again a lot of these emotional scenes that we see come out of these shows come from these side characters. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, I, and it's as much as I'd like to say, no, I'd rather see them come out of the main characters because they're the main characters. I kind of disagree with that because you make these, str- these side characters stronger and then they feel more like main characters.
0: Just the week before you had the story with, um, Gwyn. Yeah. And, and, and that, that was and powerful. Power like that was extremely powerful and again somewhat relatable. So that episode hit me like a ton of bricks last week and then I got this one this week. I'm like, Supergirl, stop it. I'm supposed to be laughing when I watch your show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not getting all emotional. What the hell? Yeah. But, but it, uh, it, everything that they did with him with the two of them was super mm-hmm. super well done. Oh yeah. And and you're right. They were the highlight of the episode. Now, My only complaint about this episode does happen as part of this storyline and it's not – it has nothing to do with those two actors together. Um, You know, we see a point in the show when all the containment – now, there was a point in the episode earlier on where we're seeing like the white Martian behind bars. We're seeing all Mm -hmm. these old prisoners locked up. And I'm like, okay, why are we seeing all these prisoners? Obviously, they're going to have something to do with the story later on. right? And then we see – you know, all this bad juju from Marin happened and everybody get affected by it and everything happened. How in the world did that have anything to do with the containment units opening? That is my biggest complaint. How did that cause the containment units to open?
0: That was one thing I wondered. I okay, Sus- <laughs> a Suspension of disbelief here because the way I kind of approached that was with everyone going chaotic – Maybe and, somebody and hit a button. Basically all the D.O. Exactly. I figured, okay, maybe someone somewhere hit a button, you know, had their head smashed off of, you know, a lever or something like that. But, yeah, I'm not going to lie. That kind of stood out. It was like, how did those open? Yeah.
1: that And that was like, my only really complaint of this episode.
0: Yeah. Like I said, not a complaint, so to speak, but... I think I wanted a little bit more time with the John and Marin story. So the other stories were kind of like, okay, can we get these done and over with out of the way? I want to go back to that. That was kind of my only really detracting factor. But I also understood each of those stories needs to happen as well. The whole Lena and Samantha story needs to happen. Monel was, Kiara needed to happen. Um, even when fighting, uh, I can't remember his name, but the the guy that they kept arguing every time Marin was doing his, uh, like his uh, incantation or whatever. Okay, so it was to show like, you know, the, uh, that, that's the other thing. Um, did you notice only the main characters pretty much had the uh, inhibitor or the prohibitor thing, but like nobody else in the DEO had one. So there's this all out war going on. Why didn't they all get one?
1: <laughs> Well, because I don't think they had them ready yet. Okay, okay. That's, and that's my that's that's my thing is I think I just they weren't they just okay. weren't ready yet.
0: It, it, it's like I said, it, this is a legend episode for me. I'm not. I'm more nitpicking than anything else. It's like there really wasn't a whole lot where I'm sitting there going, yeah. Well, this just ruined this episode. No, it's, Yeah,
1: nothing ruined the episode or even no, took me away not from at it. All. Not at all. No, you know, again, they're just, they're little nitpicks, but I mean, again, just to kind of push through this a little bit so we can move on to the next show. We, we you know, we got some awesome Cape work. Uh, we got to <laughs> see Monel suit up, which was really, really cool. And yep. his, his costume looks awesome. I did something amazing. <laughs> what you found, um... oh, you found pestilence. Thank you. All right. You I did pestilence. something. Okay. Okay. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so true. it's, uh, you know, his suit looks awesome. Uh, seeing the cape work is awesome. Seeing mm-hmm. Kara actually finally use the, uh, the cape work as well. And again, we mentioned that we got uh, some deep-seated feelings that Kara had been kind of holding on to with her, with Monel. Yes. But it seems like all of that's been worked out by the end of the episode. No more apologies is what they say by the end. Yep. Uh, and by the end of the episode, uh, it looks like we're finally going to get to see Pestilence because we're yep. seeing all the birds drop and mm-hmm. such by the end. Uh anything else uh, from the episode worth mentioning before we uh we look forward to next week and move on to the flash.
0: I think we have everything I had that I wanted to talk about. So we're okay. good.
1: Okay. Uh, looking forward to next week. Supergirl and Amra have different ideas on how to stop Emra. Sorry. I'll uh, have different ideas on how to stop the third world killer pestilence. However, when both Alex and win are seriously injured by pestilence, Supergirl and I'm Am- team up to stop the destruction. So it looks like we're going to see a team up. Uh, we're going to see Samantha become rain yet again next week. Mm-hmm. And we are going to, I don't see her listed in the, in the credits but we're supposed to be getting pestilence i yeah I, I don't know
0: i didn't see the promo so i have no clue what's i don't actually.
1: watch the promos so i
0: usually try to avoid them myself actually so
1: yep uh all right cool so with supergirl wrapped up let's move on to the flash season four episode 19 titled fury rogue Clever. Uh, When Mm -hmm. Barry needs help transporting a dangerous meta, he calls on an old friend for help, Leonard Snart, a.k.a. Citizen Cold. Meanwhile, Cisco becomes suspicious of Harry. Uh, IMDb gave this an 8.0, so another legend from them as well, falling Mm -hmm. into that. So, we're finding out a bunch of different things, and again, we mentioned this before, there's a lot of emotion that comes out of this episode. Um, Not just in... In, in from Barry suffering with the grief of, you know, of the loss of Ralph. Um, but, you know, also and we, we kind of get this in the very beginning of the episode. Wells is learning that he, there's a price to mm-hmm. his addiction with the thinking cap and or intelligence booster. And... um and the and the dark matter infusion that he did to it, and that's now mm-hmm. instead of being smarter, he is losing his intelligence at a rapid rate, to the point where he is eventually going to have to relearn everything mm-hmm. that that he knew. And I'm curious as to how far that's going to go. But we see a lot of emotion come out of that in between the scenes with him and Cisco, because Cisco wants to build another thinking cap so that the two of them can just yeah pile on top of each other's ideas and make two minds are better than one exactly uh but wells knowing exactly what it did to him doesn't want to see the same thing happen to cisco
0: yeah first off when it came to the cisco and wells um story plot there those two time and time again it's constantly such great chemistry between the two of them I honestly cannot see a Flash show without Cisco and Wells, and I know it always gets teased. They might leave, they might this, they might that, you know, like uh, Cisco possibly becoming the new breacher. And Wells, you know, we had the death of HR and stuff. It always seems like they try to tease us that they're going to get rid of them, and then they bring them back somehow. Um, Don't ever get rid of these two, (laughs) because every time they're on the screen, it's gold
1: well if you if you watch Ed. some of the videos that they post on YouTube of yes. the two of them together mm-hmm. it, this is just an on screen version of the chemistry they have off screen yeah. yeah it's you know I've moderated panels with Carlos Valdez before and a number of different people, but mm-hmm. I've been telling these conventions time and time again you need to have a panel with Carlos Valdez and Tom Cavanaugh. Yes. But in order to do that, you have to book Tom Cavanaugh because they've never Mm -hmm. had Tom Cavanaugh at any of these conventions. I hope they do soon. And I've told them time and time again, if you ever do a panel with Carlos Valdez and Tom Cavanaugh, I don't care if it's in Sandy. I don't care if it's in like San Jose or wherever it is. I'm moderating that panel Mm -hmm. because nobody else gets that. It's My Mm -hmm. idea, I want to moderate that panel.
0: I don't blame you one bit, buddies.
1: <laughs> Kavanaugh's on my list, on my bucket list to meet and talk to yeah. anyway. Uh, but you're right; like the chemistry yeah. that these two have together, this is not just off on screen. This is off screen as well, which yes. is I think why it works so well on screen.
0: Mm-hmm. And like just just seeing that it was funny because I'm watching the episode, and, and as the episode's going on and on and on, I'm like, okay, Cisco's so piecing this together slowly. 'Cause he's watching Wells who like like you said, like Kavanaugh is such a great actor and he emotes so well. Even though when he's like, you know, trying to hide the fact that something's bothering him, it just slips just a little each time and you know, you get this feeling that like Cisco is like catching on to it each time and each time and then when they have that like finally that kind of like that powwow where he's standing in the room with uh and Gideon showing them the like the brain. And, you know, he mentions about that he, you know, he used the, the dark matter and whatnot. That was a very powerful scene between the two of them because, like, like you said, it's off screen as well. But on screen, like, these two, like, they have a lot of respect for each other. They have a lot of appreciation. And even though Cisco was, like, basically PO'd him for it, he's like, all right, well, we're still going to fix you. And yeah by the end of the episode says you need to tell the team because we're going to work together to like, there's a love, there's a passion there between these two characters that is so strong that every time I swear to God, every time they're on the TV, it's like, this is amazing. Like you guys are doing like some of the the best stuff I've seen. And that storyline really stood out this week.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you have to remember too, that these are two characters who, um, you know, they at first after season one, because of the whole thing with Cisco finding out that reverse flash, who was Wells, mm-hmm. essentially, uh, you know, killed him at a point, mm-hmm. you know, before time was was fixed and such. You know, that's something that's very tough to get over, knowing that this face that you're looking at is somebody who at one point you thought of us father figure but now at, at another point wanted to kill you mm-hmm. and look how far they've come exactly in these four and almost five seasons that they have this granted it's a different wells but mm-hmm. you know it look at the mutual respect that they have for each other
0: but the the face is still the same and, and like you say exactly like there's th- that respect and and like i'll, I'll say it, it, it's passion between these two no not romantic kind but there's still a, a very strong bond there, and it shows. Like in, in a lot of the scenes this week, it really showed. Even when they were like kind of like being a little bit more lighthearted, and you know, oh, let's hear. We'll put on the the helmet, and I'll help you, and this and that. It's just they work so well off each other. It it was very enjoyable to watch even though i knew the message was going to get a lot stronger by the end of the episode
1: yeah and 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 in which it does i mean we Mm -hmm. see by the end of this episode and again it's a testament to the relationship and the respect that these two have for each other that and you look at just how far that this version of wells has come just in this Mm -hmm. season in that if this was the beginning of the season wells would have never admitted to cisco that anything was even wrong he would go forth with the big head that he had, even if it was a diminishing intelligence big head, mm-hmm. e- the ego would prevent him from doing it. But the fact that he respects Cisco so much that within the same episode of finding out of what's wrong with him, he's admitting to Cisco that this is what's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. And for Cisco to turn around and be like, well, then we're going to help. Like, we're going to fix this.
0: And he hit him good when he said, you raised Jessie and look at all the things she's become. You couldn't have just done that with just your mind. Yeah, uh, he he knew exactly what to say and how to say it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So again, like, just so much emotion that came out of just, in particular, these two mm-hmm. actors alone and these two characters alone. So, um, but there's still a lot to talk about with this episode. I know. Um, it, it, obviously, we get the return of Citizen Cold from. Um, Earth X, Mm -hmm. Uh, but on top of that we get Siren X, which further proves my point that I've been making for weeks. Katie Cassidy plays an awesome villain. She She... really really does, and we saw new abilities out of Black, out of Siren, that we haven't seen yet.
0: The whole idea that she can hear sound waves was awesome. I have to admit, that ability I was like, okay, that was... I didn't see that coming. Neither did I. Like, and I figured they had to do something different with her because they're not going to have her be a carbon copy of the other Siren. And I knew she was going to be more on the evil side. So I'm like, OK, so what's going to be the catch? What is she going to do differently? And the long distance sound wave thing was I was like, OK, that was brilliant.
1: But now the question remains is, is this something they're going to incorporate into Arrow anytime or is this something that was just purely for Siren X?
0: Yeah, I I'm hoping it's just for Siren X because if they have the the black sirens are all somewhat similar, I think you kind of wasted it a little. I think I like the fact that, you know, black the black canary version wasn't a meta. The black siren from Earth 2 is a meta and this one is a meta who can hear as well as like do the canary the canary scream or whatever you want to call it. Canary she's she's not really a canary, so a siren scream um like i like the fact that they're each different so i kind of hope that they keep it that way my personal opinion anyways i mean if they choose not to that's fine um the only thing i thought though with how strong all the stories were katie cassidy almost seemed like her storyline was a little wasted only because everything else was so strong around her even though she was an awesome villain everything else was so much stronger. I'm like, she was just kind of there, I guess, to further the story.
1: And I think that's, I think that was the point. I think, (laughs) yeah, exactly. You know, I I think it was when she signed her contract, she had the contract allowing her to be on any of the shows. And this was the Mm -hmm. way to do that. Like, okay, you know, if we're going to bring in snart, let's bring in, uh, you know, let's, let's bring over another character too. Let's, let's throw them into the mix. And, you know, it was a good way to do it. Um, you know, so I, I, I really did enjoy her being on it, even though she did kind of feel like she just was there to progress the story. Exactly. However, I, I will say that one thing this kind of does potentially set up, which I don't know if it ever will. Uh, but if we do see this redemption arc with Black Siren on Arrow, mm-hmm. uh, we could potentially see a Siren versus Siren.
0: I'd be so for that. Uh, of that K- would be so awesome to watch. yeah.
1: Because we haven't been able to see that, obviously, because Earth 1 Laurel's dead before we exactly. saw Earth 2 Laurel. But now Earth 2 Laurel and Siren X, Earth X Laurel, are still alive. We yeah. could see a Siren versus Siren, which I think would be kind of badass. Yeah, because technically
0: uh, there was the one Arrow episode where we had sister versus sister. because yes. of the, Because of the vertigo, and that was when uh, Laurel was basically becoming the Black Canary. We've never seen... Laurel versus Laurel and we've been lucky enough to see Oliver versus Oliver that would be kind of cool to see Laurel versus Laurel
1: yeah exactly (laughs)
0: that would be really cool because Siren X never left did she I don't think they sent they like said that they sent her back oh
1: you know what that's a good point she could be just in the pipeline that's a good point they never do show what happens to her no I'm wondering Uh, if she's just in the pipeline Oh, I didn't even think about that. That because never even clicked. Citizen, or
0: was it Citizen Colt? He goes back. Yeah. But we never saw what happened to Siren Axe.
1: Because usually, if a prisoner comes, if somebody comes over from another earth, they're taken back as a prisoner. Mm-hmm. But we didn't see him escort her back. So, no. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I didn't even put that together. Yeah. Week we could see siren X again mm-hmm. that'd be kinda that'd be kinda cool I'd be <laughs> kinda, for it. that'd be kinda cool um I will say one of the first moments of citizen cold of citizen um oh yeah citizen cold yeah. um coming over uh dude he he steals, and I don't mean this in a in a gay way at all, but dude, that character steals my heart every time he's on screen. I love Wentworth Miller his and his portrayal of this character. I mean, when he starts talking about like him and Ray are getting married mm-hmm. within 24 hours and he looks at Barry and Cisco and says, "Well, we figured if you two could make it." Yeah. And they just look at each other and we're like, "Uh, no, we're and he's like, "I kid." And like just no. uh, And like,
0: I, Iris is like, "Hey, hey wait a minute, we're over here." And he's like, yeah. "I'm kidding."
1: And dude, I just I love his character so much. I was so happy to see Mm -hmm. his character come back and again like i think his character was there for story progression but at the same time his character was very important to the progression of the flash in this episode He,
0: he did something very interesting this episode he seemed like he was the person or the character or whatever however you want to refer to him that was helping each person deal with their loss especially in terms of Barry and Caitlin, how he was like kind of in their ear about, you know, you have to face this and you have to understand that, you know, losing someone sometimes can be it's it's not that it's necessarily a good thing, but it's a part of life and you have to deal with it. And he was doing it with both characters, I noticed. And I was like, have a feeling that's the reason you're really on this episode is just to be the guy that pushes that message about facing loss and that loss is a part of life.
1: No, and I agree with that completely. I think you are absolutely right. He was there to kind of further progress the grief that these two characters are feeling. Barry more so than Caitlyn. Oh, definitely, uh, yeah. Because by the end, we do find out that um, there is a little bit of Killer Frost still left in Caitlyn. So Mm. we could potentially... And I think we are going to see Killer Frost return at some point. Um, But Barry, you know, kind of just not dealing with the loss of of Ralph Mm -hmm. uh, and the death of Ralph, which we don't know yet it is if it is a true death robin mentioned it last week that you know why would you spend this much time building and progressing a character to not have them return and there is the the opposite train of thought to that is that you could spend that much time because as the writers wanted us to get invested in this character so that when his death does come we feel it a lot more than anything else than any other death that we felt and on top Mm. of that we can kind of understand the grief that barry is feeling of it as well right so you spend that time progressing that character and building that character not so much to bring the character back but to um make the audience feel more attached to the character so with that when the loss happens it hits the audience as hard as it hits the characters yeah. So, and I can see that as well. I don't get me wrong though. I would still love to see Hartley Sawyer come back and then find a way to save Ralph. Right. So,
0: yeah. So, I I'd I, like to see that and I mean even if they choose not to keep him on Flash, they've got three other shows they can move these characters around so I w- for myself personally, I would like to see Ralph somehow or another come back. Um because there I think there's a lot they can do with that character still i I think they had only just barely scratched the surface on what they could do with him
1: yeah and i i think there's a shot we might still him we might still see him return at some point by the end of this because he is the final body that devoe has taken over so Mm -hmm. if they can find a well a way to expel him then they could and very well in essence save him
0: I won't so, be surprised if Marlies has something to do with that, too. I
1: I don't think so either, because we do see by the end of this episode that she's kind of coming around again. Mm-hmm. And she's starting to realize, and that's because she's starting to realize the one thing we've known for a while, and that's Devoe is a dick.
0: He's a dick, but yeah. not only that, as she points out, he can calculate everything
1: except emotion. Uh, yeah, because that kind of hits him a little bit in that mm-hmm. he he doesn't really it's because of Barry's grief that he's not able to see the next thing that happens. And that's Siren X coming in and kind of just taking everybody off their feet.
0: There's that. And there's also the fact of how he's treating his wife. Like he treats her like, well, that just leads me to really, into really what bad, I... really bad poo. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah. Well, that's, like, that's
1: what leads me into saying that Devoe is a dick. And that's the main yeah. reason I say that is because it's not, it's, it's mainly because of how he treats Marley's.
0: Like, actually, okay, my complaint of the episode is when he says to her that her first mistake was thinking, I'm sorry, but I would lose my shit on someone if they said (laughs) that to me. And she's just taking it, and I'm like, come on! Punch (laughs) this dude! Slap him! Do something! Like, I actually get, like, pretty annoyed with that, because it's like, you've got this really strong character, but he's treating her like... Dirt, and she's just taking it, and I'm like, no, come on. Uh, granted, by the end of the episode, we see the tears, we know okay, something's gonna happen from this. But he said it twice to her in the same episode, and I was like, dude, your ass gonna get your lower genitals kicked hard. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm trying no, to be
0: real. I'm trying to be really good and behave this week. So <laughs>
1: no, and I appreciate it. Uh, but no, but you're absolutely right. And it's she's starting to come around again as to how mm-hmm. how he truly is. And I don't think it's going to be something that like last time where it's going to be a video that she leaves herself or, or whatever. I think it's just right. going to be a, a snap in her head where she's going to be like, why am I with him? Like, why am I helping him? He's not appreciative of anything that I'm doing and what he's doing is wrong.
0: Exactly,
1: and I think it's just going to be a moral click. It's not going to be anything behind it, like I said, like a video or a message. It's just going to be a moral click in her head, where she's going to be like, "No, this is enough. Mm-hmm. I've had enough." Yeah, because um, you can only drive somebody so far before they they fight back. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, so. I, I mean, like I said, like I, I call it a complaint. In the episode, I get that it's part of the story and it needs to be there and stuff. It was just when he said it to her the first time, I'm like, that would have been a slap. And then he said it the second time. I'm like, that would have been a knee to the groin. Um, Like, (laughs) it's like, say something. But well, your knee just would have bounced back. But exactly. And I get it. And it was also to show that he really has no emotion. He's just he's a walking calculator is what he is. That's all he does is he just he's planning, he's plotting, but he has no emotion. I mean, he doesn't even notice when his wife is wearing his favorite dress. Yeah, like it was like he was just cold.
1: And it just brings me right back to what I said before. Devoe is a dick.
0: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So see, I'm trying to be nice and use
1: the other words, and then you drop the d words. I can well, I can (laughs) drop them. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, the only other thing I really have left to say about this episode is that while it was the final appearance of Wentworth Miller in the Arrowverse, um, a contracted appearance, Mm -hmm. dude, it made me feel so good when Cisco gave him that piece of tech that allowed him to cross back over and – Because it leaves the door wide open for Wentworth Miller to return. And even Citizen Cold at the end says, well, Mm -hmm. you never know. Never know.
0: Exactly. And
1: just hearing that, I was like, I brought such a big smile to my face because, again, I love his character so much, whether it was on The Flash, whether it was on Legends of Tomorrow. I've loved every instance that we've gotten of him. And the fact that the door is wide open for him to return – I hope it happens. I really do.
0: Oh, so do I. So do I. And especially, okay, the, uh, Cisco giving him the extrapolator was one thing. It That's was, it. I couldn't
1: think of what the what the term was.
0: Yeah, when he turned around and said, "Well, you never know," I'm like, "Thank you." Yes, you're not shutting the door completely. This character, it, like, he was my highlight of the week. Like, I love. everything. Everything this man has done on this show from the very first time we ever saw him right up to this point, I have loved everything that Wentworth Miller has done. And it's like, you know what? Don't close that door. Yes, he's not contracted anymore, but you can still bring him back for an episode or two or a story arc or whatever. Like, let's not close that door. Yeah. Not at all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anything else from the episode you want to talk about? Just, Just
0: on? one thing quickly. Sure something i've actually been noticing while i've been talking with you every single major story arc actually in this week's episode was about loss and if you think about it katie cassidy her siren x lost her team barry lost ralph killer frost was lost from caitlin Uh, marlies is feeling that you know her husband has lost emotion everything this week was really strongly about loss when you actually think about it.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And it's...
0: and I, I was just realizing as we were going through each story, I'm like, well, this character lost this and this character lost that. It, it, very interesting how, and to show how they each um, coped with it. Oh, and yeah. Wells losing his mind, technically. That's it, true.
1: He's losing his he's intelligence. Losing his,
0: he's losing his intelligence and in how he's reacting. It was, it's very interesting. I just, just clued into that now
1: actually no and it's it's a a good point to bring up because it's something that this show has always done very well and that's having those overarching um stories throughout an episode and Mm -hmm. it's one of the things that flash does extremely extremely well yes so
0: because i just realized that i'm putting this actually at a legend okay it's an eight
1: (laughs) all right uh looking forward to next week uh therefore she is barry and team flash team up with gypsy to try and thwart thinkers plans meanwhile cisco and gypsy have a heart-to-heart talk about their relationship so we're gonna see the return of gypsy next week which is uh always fun especially seeing the interactions with her and uh her oh yeah oh yeah so all right let's talk about arrow uh season I six promise i'll try to be nice <laughs> all right uh season six episode 20 shifting allegiances oliver turns to an old friend to help battle diaz meanwhile renee is out of the hospital but has a hard time readjusting to life as wild dog also lance discovers something shocking about black siren imdb gave this an 8.5 so they put it into legend territory Again, i saw that
0: this morning i know
1: yeah so i mean you gave it a mid hero i gave it a low hero mm-hmm. And thinking about it, I really think the only reason why I'm giving this such a low rating is because of that episode. Um, that I, and for the life of me, I should know the name of it because I got it. Collision Course? Collision Course, that's it. Yeah, um, don't worry, that one's etched in my memory forever. Uh, Civil War, as I called it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's because just the the damage done by that episode just reverberates now.
0: My notes, I have it written in all capitals. It is really hard to care about the outsiders these days.
1: And and you know what? And that's one of the main notes that I have too. I mean, I have obviously uh, the beginning, the opening of the episode. We see Renee returning home. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we see the. Oh, actually, um, I take that back. We see the opening is in Moscow. Oh um, yeah, 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 Oliver in Moscow, and then we see return uh, Oliver or uh, Renee returning home. Yeah, and I, my note to that is, and I have it written here. Outsiders still piss me off, and that's exactly how I have it written here. And it's not necessarily the fact that the team is back together. It's not necessarily Curtis, but you know Renee comes home and immediately says. It's always come down to the three of us putting a stop to Diaz.
0: That bothered me
1: massively. You, you have overly criticized Oliver for being mm-hmm. overconfident in what he does. And you make a remark like that? Mm-hmm. You and On the day that you just returned from the hospital, from the ass-kicking
0: of your life. And then they he finds out. Diggle left the team and that Oliver got rid of Felicity. Well didn't get rid of her, but you know what I mean, like has moved on yeah. to doing it solo. And the first time they work with Diggle, it's like, Oh, you want to join our team? Are you effing Wha- kidding me?
1: Yeah. Wh- well, not only the gall of
0: you to th- like even think that.
1: But his his reaction, and I can understand the reaction a little bit to mm-hmm. finding out that Diggle left the team and Felicity was as was pushed out of the bunker. You know, his reaction is, "Oh, he finally pushed everyone away." I don't really care. Like yeah. I can understand that because Oliver's the one that beat you to a pulp. But like. The, the brass balls on you to say that it's the three of us that, are, that were meant to stop Diaz. And then
0: then, you and have then Diggle to... has to come in and save your ass. And Diggle, this is the part that burned me. Diggle apologizes. He's the bigger man. He says, look, my feelings about your conduct aside, I played a part in that as well, and I want to apologize. And Renee says, thanks, Haas. Let's go. Let's Oh, God.
1: Can I just say one, one of the other notes I have, too, is the overuse of the word Haas. Oh, it's becoming in, in this episode alone. I know. I,
0: and you know what? When he used to say it before, I thought it was kind of humorous and funny. I was like, OK, it's his thing now it's just become annoying because he says it to everyone. I'm surprised he doesn't say it to his daughter for well, crying out
1: loud. I thought it was I, again, I thought it was clever and funny when it was the relationship that him and Quentin had and he was, yes. he was calling Quentin Haas. But yes. now he calls Diggle Haas. He calls uh, Curtis Haas. He yep. calls everybody Haas. He said it at least four or five times in this episode. Mm-hmm. I think he said it twice in one scene with Curtis at the yeah, end of the episode. He did. He did. Like, yep. uh, enough already. Mm-hmm. Again, and I, I have to preface this. We've made this point known numerous times. This has nothing to do with the actors that play these roles.
0: Oh, no, no, no. no, no! no I
1: no. love Rick Gonzalez. I've been on stage with Rick. I've been on stage with Kurt. I've, I've been on stage with Echo. I've been on stage with Juliana Harkavy. I've been on stage with all of these people, all three of these characters that I cannot stand at this point. Mm-hmm. And the actors that portray them are fantastic people. It's the writing of these characters that is really starting to piss me off. Yeah, I will say
0: and there was only one scene that I actually liked Renee in this week. And that was when him and Diggle were having that talk about uh, I can't say the word, but compartmentalization. You got so, it. OK, <laughs> I know I'm I struggle with some words. <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> um. That scene alone reminded me when the two of them were getting along before because you had the you know the the soldier and like the the guy who was like, you know, they seemed like they connected. They both had kids. they both were came from like you know like fighting backgrounds and
1: whatnot. They and seemed like they they, both and they both kind of had accidents on the field that kind of yes. took them off the field for a while. yeah, yes, exactly. That talk alone,
0: I was like, okay, that was a good moment. But why can't you do this for a full episode? Like, why make me hate this guy so much? And then when we get one good moment with him, I'm like, well, it's too little, too late now. Now yeah. I I I wish he'd get, pardon the expression, I wish he'd get a bullet in the head and be done with it because oh,
1: Jesus.
0: Well, because right. if he's he's gonna shoot everybody, he might as well get shot. Like that's I'm looking at it in terms of the weapon he uses. Okay. So, You know what I mean? Like, I realized, realized, yeah, that was pretty kind of, you know, that was a little brutal. But um, I'm looking at it in terms of the weapon he uses. Wild Dog uses guns. So that's where I was going with it. Okay. Uh, But um, let me put it this way. I want the Outsiders gone. And I hate saying that because I love these actors. Juliana Harkavy is in one of my favorite movies of all time, Last Shift. Like, I think she's an amazing actress. When I found out she was coming to Arrow, I was ecstatic. I can't. The Black character (laughs) is dead to me right now. Like, I just can't deal with this. And these characters, week after week. If I have to hear um, Curtis bash Oliver one more time enough already you guys all wanted to be part of his team now you left and it's like oh we hate him and good for him
1: looks good on him shut up well here's the other and here's my complaint with curtis this week and it's so stupid like curtis out of the three of them has been the one that least pisses me off because i I will
0: agree with that yes
1: because i think curtis kind of still has you know a modicum of intelligence left to him Mm -hmm. um because he is arguably he's the smartest one out of the three of them But for somebody who is so smart and so intelligent, and you are wearing a mask as a vigilante, (laughs) do not tell anybody that you are an Olympic medalist. It is not that difficult <laughs> for I someone to find thing. out who you are from that piece of information. Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, did he just tell them that? When like- he tells him that he is an Olympic decathlon medalist, I ser- I was like, seriously, did you seriously just tell him that? It's not that difficult to look up decathlon medalists I know. And put pictures together to figure out who you are. Granted, you're with Argus, chances are they're probably not going to look into it because they trust you and they're working with you. They probably already know who he is. Yeah, but come on. <laughs> Seriously, for somebody who is so intelligent, that was such a dumb thing to say. Well,
0: especially when, um, and I can't remember the name of his daughter, but Renee's daughter basically says that, like, you know, you and Dinah talk, like, way too loud. And he's like, oh, I guess I never realized I talk so loud. (laughs) Yeah. You guys took three steps away from his daughter and started talking the job. Do you honestly (laughs) think she can't hear you? (laughs) I I know.
1: It's, you know, I, I don't know.
0: I get it, suspension of disbelief, I get it, but come on, at least leave the room before <laughs> you start talking about it while the daughter's standing at the table going, hmm, I guess I know what my dad does in, on his nights, like, you know what I mean? Like, And then, like you said, the whole decathlon thing. Okay, so what in a day in day and age when people can Google this stuff
1: in thirty seconds—that's what I mean. Like, come on, really? Anybody could take that information and look online and easily find out who you are. I know. Easily find out who you are. Yep. So, um, all right, let's talk. Let's move past the yeah, outsiders. Let Let's talk some of the because outside of the outside of the outsiders. I really don't have any complaints with this episode. I thought that the interactions between Oliver and Diaz were fantastic. I thought that the fist fight that they had was phenomenal. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I thought those were actually highlights of of this story. I thought these were highlights of, of this episode. It's the outsiders that just totally drag it down for me. And unfortunately the outsiders were the focus of this episode because Oliver for the most part was and this is not a pun, tied up. For yes. most of this episode. Here, here's the
0: especially the two things I pulled away from this episode. Number one, I know Anatoly Kaniza is primarily a villain in the DC universe, and I get that. He, he's the KG beast, whatever. But if they want to make him a hero on this show, I'd be OK with it. Watching the interactions between him and Oliver is some of the some of my favorite scenes from this series, let alone just this season. And this episode really highlighted how much I love seeing the two of them working off each other. The other thing that I pulled away from this, and I noticed it actually last week, but I noticed it again this week. Um, I can't pronounce his last name, but the guy who's playing uh, Richard Diaz, Ger- Kirk Ace- Acevedo, I think. Is yeah. It? Okay. I'm feeling a lot of vibes of Al Pacino from Scarface. Oh, absolutely. Is- oh, in his voice is- alone and this week black siren felt like she was like michelle pfeiffer's character elvira like that tough woman stuck in a bad place wanting to break free but scared at the same time and all this i was feeling so much scarface this week and i was like he does it good i'm not gonna lie like i know he's also richard diaz he's doing his own thing as well but he's really pulling the al pacino vibes
1: no, and you're absolutely right. Like I said, just in his voice alone, he mm-hmm. he 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 very much pulls off that. But that that's actually his real voice too. That's not anything he's doing. Oh no, me. I know, I know. That, I've seen it, other
0: it, things he's in. I know what he sounds like. Yeah, so, but, so, I mean, yeah.
1: but you're absolutely right. There is very much like a Scarface thing, and oh, the yeah. Katie the Katie Cassidy thing. Uh, you know, the the Laura Lance thing. It's something I've been sensing for a while now, and I kind of got an even bigger glimpse of it into this episode. Is she is absolutely playing both sides um she's you mentioned it and the the michelle pfeiffer yeah uh, comparison to scarface is a perfect way to put it she's she got herself into a hole and now she's stuck Mm -hmm. um she doesn't want to hurt her she doesn't want to hurt quentin uh because quentin is kind of is the one that in essence took her in and Mm -hmm. is trying to help her um but she's very much afraid of diaz so she is she's very much stuck in a position that she can't get out of right now without help so i think by the end of this i think we're gonna see her turn and help oliver and quentin and everybody else but i i I just don't i think right now she's trying to play both sides as much as possible we saw it actually
0: more last week than this week but one thing i kind of noticed and i think i even made mention of this when we did the um the state, of the, uh, the, the, Arrow, the state of the Arrowverse address there, mm-hmm. and I would mentioned how I said the writers just can't get Black Canary right. Actually, they are. But she's on the wrong side of the law. <laughs> because, especially last week, that was pretty much Black Canary in a nutshell. The whole idea of questioning, um, granted, if she was on the right side, she'd be with Oliver, but questioning Diaz over some of his tactics um getting in his face at times that's something black canary would do with green arrow and we saw it many times in the comics um the obviously the hand-to-hand combat she's got that down pat and there's no need for a reason to explain it because she came from earth 2 anyways um and like even like uh, uh one thing i thought was kind of interesting is in the comics Dinah Lance had black hair and wore a blonde wig. And in this one, her natural hair color is blonde and she's wearing a black wig. I thought that was kind of interesting, but I started realizing they actually do
1: know how to write the Black Canary. She's just not working for the right guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, it, and it's, it's funny that they, they know how to write the Black Canary now bringing her back because the current mm-hmm. Black Canary just does not work.
0: No, exactly. And when you did it the first time with Laurel, they really didn't know what they were doing. Like, she wasn't bad, but it wasn't the Black Canary. It wasn't the one that the fans wanted from Season 1 all the way up to now, where we've been saying, like, can't you get this character right? I've started realizing they are getting it right. They just... And it does make me also wonder, will a redemption arc actually happen? I And I'm starting to really lean more, more towards that it will. I just... I like the fact they're doing it slowly and I like the fact that they're keeping us guessing. Yeah. Because like you said, it it definitely looks like she's playing both sides right now. And I'm just wondering which one is she lying to and which one is she being honest with or is she she deceiving
1: both? I think there's a little bit of both. I think she's lying and deceiving both sides. Mm -hmm. I think she's lying and deceiving Quentin and I think she's lying and deceiving Diaz. Yeah. So I I don't really think there's um a which way. I I think it's I think it's a little bit of both.
0: Mhm. The one thing I do question though, and I don't know maybe you've thought of this too. I don't know. The whole bit of her being afraid of Diaz. Why didn't she just blow out his eardrums like she did to Vince and be over with it?
1: Um I think because she's she's so afraid of him that she has that fear in her mind that if she doesn't do it right. Um yeah that there's going to be retribution and it's not going to be good. I guess also like I
0: I was kind of debating this in my head and this is why I thought I'd bring it up to you as well to see what your thoughts are. I don't know if so much as she's afraid of Diaz or she's afraid of the fact that so many people blindly follow him, like the cops and the people that are working in city hall and all these like people in crime. Everyone just follows him so blindly. Like he's like some like, like, I don't know, like,
1: like a pardon the expression but like a jesus figure like but again like she you have to think about this she's doing the same exact thing she's bought she's she is a metahuman from a different earth she has powers he doesn't he is simply a gangster but yet Mm -hmm. she is following him blindly this is true everybody else is doing the same thing and it's probably for the same reason they are afraid of him yeah us as the audience, at least, uh, you know, Rob and I and probably you at the same time, we're not afraid of him because, one, he's not real. But, two, yeah. I mean, besides that, we just didn't get that intimidation factor of him until it was too late
0: Yes, definitely. in the
1: show. So we're not as afraid of him as audience members as we were, say, um, uh, oh, God. Um, Adrian Chase. Adrian Chase. Yeah, thank you. Prometheus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we as audience members god we feared prometheus we feared prometheus just as much as oliver did
0: oh yeah oh because, yeah because
1: but that's because they they wrote that character so well and they built up that character so well mm-hmm. diaz just hasn't had the same thing
0: i think partially that was and i don't i don't want to say that they i feel they've wasted the character but in a different way uh Kate and james should either have not happened or he should have been the big bad for the full season um i think having us believe it was him and then pulling the rug from under our feet and saying well here's diaz but the thing is is we're all sort of wondering well okay how did how did he get to the point of crime lord when Caden james pretty much was like seemed like the mastermind i know diaz you know takes the credit and says well i pushed him in the right direction and stuff but I just don't you 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 basically hit it. Diaz is not intimidating to us. I don't understand why everyone else thinks he is. You know what I mean? Like we're missing something in the story there.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't know if we're ever going to get it.
0: No. We've I got mean, 3 episodes left.
1: Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's anything we're at, we're ever going to get unfortunately. So I don't know how this is going to play out, but you know, we'll see. Um mm-hmm. uh, You know, we'll see as like, as you mentioned, we only have three episodes left. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think the only three really think I, the only two things I have worth mentioning in my notes here before we move on, uh, and then I'll see if you have anything too, is obviously by the end of this, we're seeing Oliver arrested, um, which kind of leads me to, we're kind of bookending, the Arrowverse in a way with trials of our main characters you know yes. we saw not book ending because the trial of the Flash kind of happened halfway through mm. um it didn't happen in the very beginning it happened kind of halfway through the season and then now we're seeing the end of this season come down to Oliver yeah um, be, being being the one on trial mm-hmm. so
0: which they've done in the comics there is a story arc the trial of all over Queens. So, I mean, I'm I think everybody's how... pretty
1: much been on trial at some point. Oh in yeah. The oh books. yeah,
0: exactly. So I'm curious to see what theirs is going to look like. Um, I find the writing is just so messy this year. It, it worries me, but I think we need a new season and we need it like to start yesterday.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I agree with that. I, th- I think
0: just finish this one off and let's, let's start fresh because yeah. it, it, it this is it's hard to watch. And like I said, like Oliver and Anatoly was great to watch this week. Uh, Katie Cassidy and Paul
1: Blackthorne are amazing to watch together. There's Paul, any lot... anybody who acts with Paul Blackthorne is fan. Paul Blackthorne yeah, raises the level true. of any scene he is in this with is any actor. So it's yeah. I, anytime I know that he's in it, I know that any scene he's in is yeah. going to be fantastic. Unless he's getting hit in the face by Black Canary.
0: Yeah. And it's a uh, and, uh, and like I wanted to point out, like even like that moment with Diggle and Renee. Like the thing is, is these actors are showing they can all work well together. We just need a lot more solid writing. We really do, and I think that's what's hurt this whole season.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, anything else you want to mention about this episode before we we, no, we that, move that, on? that's that's it. I, I I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm done. Uh, looking forward to next week. The pressure mounts for Oliver, who begins to wonder if he will lose everything in his battle to save to save Star City. And a familiar face returns, that being the one of Colin uh, uh, Colin Colin Donnell, uh, aka Tommy. Tommy Merlin, is going to be returning in one way or another. Uh, I have a feeling it's probably going to be in a flashback or something in Oliver's mind, since obviously Tommy, uh, Tommy is dead, but. This show has pulled the wool over our eyes before, so...
0: Okay, I'm just gonna say now, it's don't watch the promo for this one, because they've already spoiled how he comes back.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So All stay right. away from the promo. Because okay. uh, I, I actually... I was, I saw, like, the the promo was on YouTube, and I was like, oh, why not? I'll just click it. It's a 15-second blurb. How how badly can they ruin it? And... Oh, yeah, they ruin it nicely. It's like, thanks! <laughs> um, now, as for which quote-unquote version of Tommy it is, this is going to be interesting. But right. I know where he shows up and how, and I'm like, oh, that's nice, thanks. Okay. All right, 15 well. seconds. 15-second promo, and you had to ruin that. Really? <laughs> Your 42-minute yeah. episode, and you, you pick that scene. You seem surprised. No, not really. Okay. I, just, I just want to vent that off, so I'm, I feel cleansed now.
1: Uh, all right, let's. Um, not a lot happening in the news this week. Only a couple stories that I have. I have four stories uh, that we'll go through, and then once we get to the news, we'll do some recommendations. We will. I'll give you a chance to talk a little bit about your podcasts, uh, and then we'll we'll wrap it up for the day. Uh, right. But first off, in the news, Jason Momoa gets punched in the face for lying about Aquaman. Uh, this is not what you think it is ladies and gentlemen this is not like i read the highlight i read the, the the um the title of this article and thought somebody like just punched him in the face at a con or something uh for lying about it and it's not that at all um uh, i was one, thinking
0: what suicide by momoa uh,
1: no, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it would be <laughs> right? um no but there was a, a little while back uh, jason Momoa. Um, denied rumors that he would appear as Aquaman and Batman versus Superman, John uh, of Justice. Uh, and somebody from MTV um, had asked him about the rumors at Sundance. And Momoa had said, uh, no, this is not happening. I will not happen. I get this all the time. It's just a rumor, I swear. And when asked for a promise, this reporter said to Momoa, you know, when he asked Momoa for a promise. Uh Momoa quoted, Man to man, you can punch me in the face. You're allowed to punch me in the face. No, it is a flattering rumor. Uh so Josh Horowitz, who is the reporter from MTV, who was the one that did that, ran into uh Jason Momoa at CinemaCon this past weekend and did an interview with him uh and brought up the the bet with Aquaman and he lived up to his word and he allowed Horowitz to punch him in the (laughs) face not hard obviously it was like just a slight little tap more for a um a photo that they did it but um but it was it was all in good fun that momoa told him that he could punch him in the face for for lying to him about that so that's cool yeah I, i i've met momoa um i've told this story on the podcast before i've i i had the opportunity to um unbeknownst to me make jason momoa laugh which i don't know if i've ever told you that story or not or i don't know if you've heard that story or not uh it happened in atlanta two years ago at heroes and villains i was ba- i'll tell the story real quick i was backstage watching the john Barrowman panel and um i was watching on a monitor behind stage uh damian um yeah damian dark neil mcdonough was standing next to me neil Ma- neil and i were having a conversation about Barrowman and his character and but okay, we were
0: watching. i think you have told me this it's we were watching them
1: we were watching the monitor we weren't looking at each other so at one point um Neil had walked away and I didn't realize it but I still felt that somebody was standing next to me. So I kind of leaned and I made a joke about something that Barriman said and I heard a laugh and I knew it wasn't Neil. And <laughs> I turned to look and I'm staring at the shoulder of Jason Momoa and I look up and I'm like oh god that's Momoa and <laughs> and then the, the immediately the next second i'm like oh god i made momoa laugh so like it was it was kind of a cool surreal moment but he he couldn't have been a nicer guy when i met him so it was it's it's all in good fun that he allowed him to do this and, that's awesome and such yeah uh, you, ha- you
0: actually have told me that before now hearing it i'm like yeah i remember this i couldn't remember
1: but it's it's mm-hmm. still it's still i it's still a highlight Oh yeah, oh definitely Of my moderating career and such Uh, Next up, Ben Schwartz wants to play DC's Plastic Man uh, if you're not sh- um, not familiar with Ben Schwartz, he's an actor who is known from uh, series like House of Lies and Parks and Recreation, uh, and he wants to play pa- he wants to play Plastic Man, wondering where he can do that to sign up. Uh, in a tweet, Schwartz asked if there is like an application process, or do I do or do I just dress up like him and make fun of Stretch Armstrong? <laughs> um, and actually, that would probably be a pretty smart way to go about doing it. Yeah. Because I mean, we've seen things come out in the news of uh, you know Josh Gad wanting to play Penguin, and mm-hmm. we know that talks of DC had happened, and it's because he's tweeted out that how of his interest in wanting to play that character. So, and man, if if Schwartz wants to play this role, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, make a video dressed as elastic as plastic man and make fun of Stretch Armstrong. Mm-hmm. It'd probably be brilliant. So, um, yeah, we'll see if that ever comes to fruition. Uh, moving into the realm of TV again, not, not many news stories this week. I only have two more left. Uh, but, um, the, the flash is going to be pitting John Diggle against the thinker, uh, in an uh, an upcoming, uh, uh, um, In an upcoming episode of The Flash, uh, CW has released the official synopsis for Think Fast, the May 15th episode of The Flash, in which David Ramsey guest stars as John Diggle. Uh, During an interview with EW, uh, Ramsey revealed that the Thinker will shapeshift into Diggle in an effort to penetrate the secure Argus facility where Team Flash is keeping fallout in the wake of this past week's episode. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, so you get to see Diggle come in and tear through some Argus agents. It's always fun to go do the Flash because Flash is all light. So, yeah, so we're going to see the Thinker take the form of Diggle, which I think would be kind of cool.
0: Wow, I had no clue that was happening. I usually try to avoid a lot of the Arrow stuff and TV stuff, so... I'm excited about that now. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Sorry I had to spoil it for you. Oh, no, that's fine. It's okay. It's just I'm like, oh, wow, that's going to be sweet because it'll be like kind of diggle versus diggle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And lastly, in the world of television, the Arrow season finale synopsis has been revealed, teasing a new ally against Mm -hmm. Diaz.
0: I did see this.
1: Oh, okay. See, I haven't read it yet. I'm reading this for the first time as I'm reading it to all of you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Mark Guggenheim and Wendy Merkel, who are leaving at the end of season six, will write the finale as their final swan swan song and longtime stunt coordinator James Banford directs. God, I love Bam Bam. Oh I'm, yeah, boy. I love when he directs. So I, I, I'm kind of hoping this is good. Uh, but the epic season finale of Arrow synopsis reads as follows: With a new ally on his team, Oliver uh, engages Diaz in an epic final battle. That's it. That's, that's all it. you give us. Oh, that's ridiculous! I could have so, told you that was going to happen.
0: So here's the thing: Who do you think the new ally will be?
1: Um, and
0: i, I, I I've, I've come down to three. And I don't even know if one can actually is actually signed on for one more episode. I was thinking Roy, but I don't. Well, know we if know Colton.
1: Roy is returning next season.
0: Yes, next season. That's why I'm wondering. Okay, is he? Is does he still have one more episode, or was he done for this season? I'm not sure on that. Anatoly was the second one I thought of, and Black Siren was. And the Black third.
1: Black Siren would be the other one. I'm I'm yeah. kind of hoping at this point it's somebody we haven't thought of.
0: That would be nice.
1: Damien Dark returns. <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, the, um, oh, shit. No, what? I think th- I think someone mentioned
0: than... Earth to Damien Dark. When Quentin was talking with Laurel, he said, did you have a, an Earth to Damien Dark that was a real a-hole? Yeah. And she was like, yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if they brought the Earth to Damien Dark over?
1: That'd be kind of cool. And But he has no abilities. I know. <laughs> He's just a dick. Yeah, (laughs) that's fine by me. I love his sarcasm. It's hilarious. So do I. I'm telling you, they need to find a way to incorporate him back into the DC universe. Mm -hmm. In one way or another, they have to they have to figure it out.
0: We didn't see a body. That's true. That's
1: very, very true. We didn't see Uh, a body. uh, But yeah, so that's that's going to wrap it up for for the news. And that's kind of a shitty way to do it. That, that didn't give me anything. <laughs> I, I think if I think if there's anybody, I think it's probably most likely best bet would probably be Black Siren.
0: That's what I'm thinking, too.
1: Yeah. So that's that's I'm thinking that's probably most likely who it's going to be. Yeah. And it's going to wrap up the the um uh the the retribution, not retribution, but. um Oh, um, uh, God, why can't I ever think of the word? I struggle with it every time.
0: Damn it. Now I'm stuck on it. What? I know.
1: And And I say it all the time. Our listeners know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Um, All right. So recommendations for the week. I know know we mentioned uh, Infinity War being one of them. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: Infinity War.
1: And in the time we've been recording this, Infinity War has actually taken the top spot for opening domestic weekend. Nice. It beat Star Wars Force Awakens. It is now the number one largest domestic opening weekend film nice so and it will probably get another fifteen dollars of my money very 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 soon oh yeah oh so, yeah especially now le- that movie at least one more time especially now that movie changed their policy oh okay movie pass changed their policy that you can't see one the same movie more than once now what i know which is stupid be- uh, and it's, it's because of good people ruining it for everybody else. There were people that mm-hmm. would go to theaters, buy the ticket, and then sell the ticket to make money. Oh, And, of course, that ruins it for people like me that are actually <sighs> avid moviegoers and want yes. to go see a movie more than once. Like, I, I've, I've seen a number of movies more than once with Movie Pass, and I planned on doing it again. And, of course, they wait for Avengers to change their policy back. Yeah. Dicks. I just yeah. wanted to say dicks one more time. Oh, sorry <laughs> uh but my other recommendation that i have this week i actually do have one other one and it's because it clicked with me while i was thinking it's not um it's not the it's again it's not dc related but i know it's one you'll probably appreciate paul mm-hmm. um today marks a very sad day for me um mm-hmm. it is the season series finale of ash versus evil dead oh yes Uh, I'm probably going to be watching it the moment we're done recording. And Mm -hmm. it's a bummer because I've become good friends with Dana DiLorenzo, who plays Kelly on the show. Um, So it's a real bummer for me because I know she was passionate about the show, as was Bruce and everybody else. Um, She's always thanked me for being such a cheerleader and supporter of the show, which I have been since episode one. Um, So I'm really bummed out for her that this show is coming to an end and it wasn't picked up for a season four however we are in talks to do a podcast together over the course of the next couple months possibly starting that so uh, she's kind of waiting for Mm. the dust to settle from everything with ash versus evil dead coming to an end so she told me to reach out to her um next month and we're going to see if we can figure out a way for uh for dana and i to do a podcast together which i think would be, i saw
0: the tweets which would be
1: freaking awesome
0: yes it because
1: would dana is an awesome awesome person so if you're not a, if you're a fan of the show even if you're not a fan of the show but you're a fan of, of evil dead uh and you just like like comedic horror um go check out ash versus evil dead show it some support show it some love even though it is coming to an end uh it's just a fantastic show and i again i've been such a a, such a supporter of it from the beginning i'm sad to see it finally come to an end and i'm sad to see that bruce is hanging up the chainsaw after this too and the ash williams story is coming to an end as well but all good things must come to an end he's played this character for what 30
0: 39 years
1: 39 years man and it's yeah. with some gaps in between but he's man. even
0: even in the the i call it like the reboot but it technically i guess it was just like a further sequel or something whatever it was he was even in that he was the end credit scene yeah he
1: was the easter egg at the end and he was a exactly. producer of, he was a producer of the film yes he was yeah so uh, you know um sad to see it come to an end but yeah, oh, like
0: again. On, on my last episode when I did like my opening monologue, I did it based on like just three stories. It wasn't a lot of news that week, so I just did three opinionated stories and whatnot. And I basically like went on the record. I They probably wouldn't even hear it anyways, but I didn't care. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I, I basically thanked Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell for 39 years of Evil Dead. I'm a 42-year-old man. I don't know a world without Evil Dead. This is something that's going to be completely new to no longer have Ash and no longer have Evil Dead. At least an Evil Dead with Sam Raimi behind it. And if anyone else tries to touch it, I say break their fingers. Uh, (laughs) Leave it be and let it settle for a long time. Don't come back to this now. Uh, your, Your two main components, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, have now said, we're done let it sit but from the bottom of my heart and every other evil dead fans heart thank you for so almost four decades worth of this stuff yeah uh, and I, I mean we didn't even honestly I didn't even know we were gonna even get a TV series let alone three years ago we've had three beautiful seasons yeah I think stars and Lionsgate are idiots I've made that very well known on my podcast but um you know what like Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, uh, anyone who's been involved with it, all the countless actors, including like, you know, your friend Dana Lorenzo, And you got to think also Joseph DeLuca, who's done the music, has been doing it for every single Evil Dead property. He's, these guys have stayed committed to this, and that is awesome for us fans. Yeah. And it's it's something that I think every fan, because I see a lot of crap on the Internet of people saying, you know, F you and F this and all that stuff. Please take the time out to thank these guys because they put almost four decades of their life into this. And it's amazing. You know, it's going to be sad to see this final episode. But at the same time, it's going to be nice to say, I was alive for that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the way I
1: I look at it, anyways. So, uh, how about you? What about your, um, your recommendation for the weekend? So,
0: my recommendation is actually DC related and horror related at the same time. Um, in the horror community, there's a movie that recently was released on Blu-ray that has gotten quite a bit of buzz. It's a movie uh, known as Terrifier. And the lead actor in the film plays the character Art the Clown. It's a very brutal and violent film, I'm not going to lie. The violence is a little cheesy and campy. It's a low-budget film. So, I mean, you watch it, you you know, it, it's gory and gross. But at the same time, you're kind of laughing about it and whatnot. Anyways... My recommendation is actually not for that film. It's for, it's for the a, podcast
1: you did on it. <laughs> it could be that too. But it's actually based on a
0: uh, My recommendation is a side project that the lead actor, David Howard Thornton, has done on YouTube. There is a series called Nightwing Escalation. And in that series, he plays the Joker. The reason I bring this up is because this is the Joker. I think a lot of people have been waiting for. This is basically Cesar Romero and Mark Hamill in one. And he is phenomenal. Like, I got goosebumps watching his Joker. The series itself is not bad. I mean, it's not great. It's it's a fan-based series and whatnot. But he himself is so amazing that I think people should at least go check it out. And I'll even point you right in the right direction. Look up Nightwing Escalation, the episode War Games, at about 6 minutes or 6.10 is where he comes in. It'll give you goosebumps to watch his performance of the Joker, which is a character he would like to eventually do. I've talked with him on Instagram. It's something he actually wants to, it's a goal of his, is to play the Joker. He is so perfect. And like I say, the rest of the series, you might like, you might not. I mean, it, it, like I say, it's a fan-based uh, web series and whatnot. But he himself is so bloody amazing. I was like, you know what? I don't think there's a lot of people that know about it, and I wanted to put it out there uh, for you know DC primetime listeners to just go check it out and just you know see what you think of it because – And not to mention, if you want to follow the guy on Twitter and on Instagram David Howard Thornton, he's fun to talk to. He talks with everyone. He's he's very personable and he's got some great pictures of him doing Joker cosplays, too. Um, That's awesome. Like but he really wants to play the Joker. And I hope one day that someone in the D.C. world looks this guy up at least at least gives him a chance because I was blown away and I'm pretty particular about youtube videos and i'm you know i i can be a little critical when i shouldn't be but you know if you're putting it on youtube like uh, i don't know i just can be critical whatever (laughs) um but yeah i was blown away and i wanted to recommend that because it's something that i i don't think a lot of people know about and i thought it'd be good to just put it out there and you know if people want to give it a shot go right ahead like you know And that's basically it for me, uh, along with Infinity War. I'll say it again Infinity War, Infinity War. You get the point. (laughs) Go see it.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, All right, cool. Uh, As for our cheap. plugs for our shows you can catch me um on my other podcast the showcast spotlight here on the next level podcast network next level radio dot facebook.com slash next level radio online uh and of course the facebook page for this podcast if you don't already like and follow is facebook.com slash next level radio online uh, this podcast as well as all the other podcasts on the next level podcast network including a lost revisited podcast which you're uh which will officially be launching, finally, June 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lastly, we have the voicemail for DC Primetime, which is one eight 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 two four seven five three eight zero. 247 5380 Again, 888-247-5380, toll-free in the U.S. and Canada. Give us a call uh, and share your thoughts. That's about it. How about you?
0: Uh, well, primarily, what lurks behind Podcast Zero? I am also doing... The bats, bows, and books, but it kind of taken a hiatus on that just to focus more on what lurks, Um, because the what lurks behind podcast zero is, it's been a lot of fun, and I just attended a horror convention in London,
1: Ontario yesterday. So yeah, I saw your picture with Kane Hodder.
0: Uh, Kane Hodder, Tony Moran, who was uh, the original face of Michael Myers, the scene in the first movie when the mask comes off, that was him. So I met him. Uh, Lloyd Lloyd Kaufman, yep, that man, he is fun. And I'm telling you right now, if you ever have the chance to meet Lloyd Kaufman, do it. He does not charge anything. He is not there to make money. He is there to make you happy. He saw me holding, I bought the Japanese cut of uh, Toxic Avenger. He saw me holding it. He just took it out of my hand. He's like, let me sign that. He signed it to Pretty Paul. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) And then he saw that I had my phone on me. He's like, want a picture? He's like, come on, you can, you can hang with me and my trauma crew. And he had me like stand with like two girls and one of his like, um, representatives or whatever. We all took a picture together and like, he's just, he's friendly and he's outgoing and I'm sitting there wondering, okay, how much is this going to cost me? Nothing. He, his, his way of looking at it is I put a smile on your face. So that's all I wanted. It's like, that's awesome. Such an amazing man that not that i already wasn't a trauma fan but if i wasn't i would be now like it, such an awesome gentleman it was so great to meet him um, but where to find my podcast what lurks behind podcast 0 same as with dc primetime and Showcast and all the other spot, um like all the other podcasts nextlevelradioonline.com uh podcast 0 is there and there's the facebook page what lurks behind podcast 0 and I'm on Instagram at, uh, you know, at what lurks behind podcast zero. Those are the two areas you'll find me the most. So I usually just, I, I'm just plugging those ones now. I mean, I'm on Twitter, but I, I am so, so with Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I like it and I don't, there's things, uh, it's a love hate relationship. So, yeah, but, um, but yeah, Facebook page and Instagram, I'm on those a lot. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, we're recording an episode this week, uh, regarding the movie uh, The Cabin in the Woods and I'll also be talking about the uh, convention that I was at yesterday
1: cool Uh, All right. so looking forward to next week as I mentioned we're going to have Rob will be back from Paris so he'll be back on the podcast next week and we'll be talking about new episodes of uh, same as this week Supergirl The Flash and Arrow Uh, not many episodes left of all of them well Supergirl still yeah um, Supergirl's got quite a bit I think there's eight left. Yeah, I think there's eight. Uh, Arrow has three. Flash, I believe, has four. Yes, I think Um, that's great. So we're getting to the end of of some Mm -hmm. of them. Uh, I know as far as the podcast goes, Rob and I still have to talk about Suicide Squad. We still have to talk about uh, Batman Ninja. And I know we still have to talk about me playing through the final chapter of... um, of Enemy Within, of the arc of the Telltale Batman game. So you're going to see a lot of that stuff coming up, especially as those shows come to an end, as the seasons come to an end. So within the next couple of weeks, uh, and then we'll be filling out the summer with some of our fill-in shows as well. So, uh, But thank you for being a listener. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for posting. Thank you for everything that you do and being part of this community. We appreciate all of it. Paul, thank you for being my guest this week.
0: Well, Thank you for having me, man. I need to do an episode though with both you and Rob at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very a- aside true. Aside from the state of the year overs, but um, it'll yeah. happen soon. Oh yeah, it just—I'm not gonna lie—I have a lot of fun on this show. So, I, anytime you guys ask me, I would—I will definitely come back. I love being on this show.
1: Cool, we appreciate it. Uh, but again, enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for everything, and until next week, we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. And
0: in the words of Ash Williams, groovy.